Hey, it's Chris Jericho, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Go Blues! Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. You're your host, Jason. Uh, no Chris this week, but we do have a special guest uh, on the show this week to talk a little bit of Blues Hockey and also me and Chris's second favorite thing to do on the podcast, talk some wrestling. So we have uh, the one and the only uh, Dan the Dad from Glory Pro Wrestling. Dan, thanks for joining us on the show this week. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're going to talk a little Blues Hockey and, of course, wrestling. So um, obviously... St. Louis based. So obviously a blues fan growing up. So kind of what era blues uh, sticks out for you is the, like your favorite era, like Brett Hall era. You a little bit after that with a pronger McInnes. Uh, you have the down years, obviously with the Eric Brewer, Brad <laughs> boys years. And then obviously the resurgence with the Bacchus Oshi. Uh, and then obviously the Stanley cup years. So uh, kind of what was your favorite era of like growing up? Did you uh, enjoy yeah, I put my formative years uh, yeah, right around the, the Pronger-McGinnis era. So that was, and that was just, that was like the best era for St. Louis sports in general. So that was a real, <laughs> a real great time to, to be a fan of either the Blues, Cardinals, Rams at the time. So, um, so yeah, Al, Al McGinnis was my favorite player growing up for sure. So. Well, that was all I was going to ask on the next question. So Al McGinnis, a uh, favorite player growing up at, uh, mm-hmm. What kind of drew you to Al McKennis uh, compared to obviously those teams back in the day were stacked. You had um, McKennis Pronger and you also had Hall Gretzky and uh, for a little bit there at least. Uh, but then you also had like the Shanahan years and then you go up to uh, right after that, you still had Pavel Dimitra, Doug Wade, Pierre Turgeon. Uh, so what drew you to McKennis out of all those guys? Uh, you know, mostly the slap shot, but uh, well, it was just a, uh, it was a fun player to watch. Uh, it was, it, it, as far as like a defenseman goes, you know, just somebody who is, is a, can be a dynamic scorer the way that he was. So um, yeah, I just like, I like that he was a, such a good all around player offense and, and uh, obviously defense, but. But yeah, he was uh, definitely one of the best and it kind of sucks that his career kind of got cut short there at the end for mm-hmm. that uh, eye injury. Um, you know, he probably had a couple of good years left in him, I think, but unfortunately eye injury and then the lockout didn't really help uh, matters to that uh, effect so yeah. obviously we get a little bit more into years so we have the down years we talk about uh the, i say brad boys eric brewer that's just not to pick on those guys but those are the two guys <laughs> that always stick out to me but eric johnson you can throw that in there too as well those eras but what would uh when do you think the blues kind of like what was the big turning point do you think we always kind of ask this to some people was it was it the bringing in of the oshi bacchus uh kind of group or was it something you think that kind of what was the thing that rose made the blues rise back in the prominence yeah i think the the bacchus oshi years i think just sort of reignited uh you know not that not that the city ever stopped being supportive of the blues but i think it had been a while since the team was like just the dynamic like that and, and with some some scoring power and then you know then when you know tarasenko comes along and everyone that uh, followed along with him. Um, 
and obviously into in the like Stanley Cup season. But um, yeah, I think that was one, that was uh, the group that started to just usher in. I remember just it, those down years where uh, you, obviously as Blues fans we were always so like hopeful that this would be the year. You know, always consistently making the playoffs and then being disappointed and going through that whole whole deal. But um, yeah, I think when uh, when Oshie came in to kind of give us more of a dynamic player to, to get behind. You could kind of, you know, just, it, it became fun to be a fan again, I think, at least a little bit more fun than it was in, in years prior. And then that just sort of ushered in the, the era we're in now, which is a, a lot of fun. You know, I've had a lot of, a ton of fun watching the team the past uh, five, six years. So. Yeah, I think uh, definitely with Hitchcock coming in and kind of turning the team around and, Obviously, Oshi really helped in Bacchus. I think it was really uh, great. So if you could pick one, and we know people will usually pick when we ask our guests this question, um, but if you had to pick your favorite blues moment, either, either growing up or current, we would, I won't stick you to one, but if you had to pick a favorite game or moment uh, in your blues fandom, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, you know, game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. But I think I think what makes that so special, though, was was game six and how as blues fans we were so so accustomed to disappointment at that point and that was i was there actually at uh at enterprise center for that game game mm-hmm. six where it was as well yeah it was it was the most deflating flat depressing arena i've ever been in just as the mm-hmm. game just got worse and worse and worse and then uh you know going into game seven having to go back on the road and i think just it's my favorite moment because not only obviously they 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 won the game but I think going into it I was so just so prepared for disappointment and for so that extra just that extra little bit of uh unexpectedness to that game and how how much fun it was to watch and how when when the Blues started running running away with it in the third third period there um I just were watching it with with my dad and with my brother and uh it was just a lot of fun just to to share that moment with them yeah, I think it's always funny as blues, as lifelong blues fans, when I talk to people who have been fans for, you know, their whole lives, you're almost conditioned for like when things start to go bad. It's just, okay, mm-hmm. it's good. It's going to keep getting worse and, you know, the blues are going to lose it. Just, it seems like that's how, and unfortunately that's how it went for every year until 2019. And uh, obviously game seven was huge. And one of those things where the blues played extremely well, uh, I was next thing I was going to ask like, where were you at? So you, you just watch it with a uh, family then and just uh, celebrate with family. Yeah, I was. I went. To, I went to Game Six with my mom, and then um, that Game Seven, I watched with my dad and my brother. So I at least had a. The the Blues and just St. Louis sports in general always been so big with with my family. So uh, most of my favorite moments are uh, shared with them in in some capacity. That's awesome. Yeah, Game uh, Seven was a fun night indeed for a lot of people. So. Um... Going into this season, obviously the Blues playing pretty well uh, lately. Obviously, they were hoping to get the last game against uh, – they had the great game against Nashville. They scored late. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo put on a show. Um, and then they kind of just didn't – you know, they were just tired, I think, on the next game, and they lost in overtime to Winnipeg, a tough game. They scored late and got a point. But the Blues looking pretty decent in second place. Uh, and obviously, we're less than a week away from one of my favorite times is the trade deadline. And it seems like uh, we'll make this uh, breaking news to the to tape uh, as of I'm just getting informed. Uh, the Blues did not make a trade, but the guy they're apparently in on, Ben Schrott, has been moved to Florida. 
So uh, big, so trades are happening now. So who knows the blues are going to be able to get in on those. Uh, they're scouting a lot of guys we talked about in the past. Um, but how do you view the team this year? Um, I mean, compared to even like a cup team or teams in the last few years, do, do you think the blues need to add at this trade deadline or do you think um, kind of keep the team as is and see how they do? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's kind of a, an odd team a little bit because the, the scoring has been so dynamic, but the defense, uh, has been borderline lackluster, or at least at <laughs> least lacking, yeah. lacking on like that top pairing. So um, I I think most fans would uh, appreciate some help on the defensive end. But uh, you know, going into the season, I didn't really know what to expect. Just with just with like the the drama with uh, with Vladdy and everything, and seeing mm-hmm. how he would play, I expected him to sort of like up his game a bit if he was looking for you know, the trade he was looking for or whatever, but, you for know, sure. it seems to be, but that I maybe re maybe that was some motivation towards the beginning of the season, but he seems to be uh, in good form playing with, uh, with every line that he's been put on. So, and then you, when you've got Jordan Cairo kind of coming in and coming into his own uh, a few more years uh, under his belt, and he'll be, you know, definitely one of the top players in the game. So um, I just love, I, I love the scoring. I love that the scoring so, well distributed every line contributes it's just uh that defense to and it could just be just one one uh one acquisition maybe want somebody like i, I mean I, somebody with some size like as dano char or something to just sort of uh help out uh help out that top pairing with uh with pareko just to uh, i don't know there's so many holes in the defense right now that just this it's just that little extra help yeah, Pareko because he just doesn't he's got the size but he doesn't really use it so if you put put somebody with him who's got size and who's consistent and you know you know what to expect from him I think that would be really helpful but we'll, we'll see what they can what they can do at the deadline I guess yeah Blues are in on a couple of guys apparently in Philly uh, Middleton out in San Jose and Sherratt was obviously a big one that's been going around so uh, they definitely need something on that top pairing because I really think Krug and Falk are actually pretty solid second pairing for what they do and obviously Bortuzzo settled it on the third pairing. And I think honestly flip-flopping on the third pairing, Mikola and Wallman, depending on your matchup is like a really solid kind of thing. If you just get that top pairing left side guy, which is obviously very hard to find, if they can figure that out, this team will definitely can make some moves uh, in the postseason. So they're really close to, they're probably going to finish in the top two or three in division, depending on how things shake out. Colorado seems to be running away with it at this moment, um, but you never know what could happen over the next 20 games or so. So uh, we'll transition from blues into obviously the second thing we talk about the most on this podcast is wrestling. So one of the things I want to talk to Dan about uh, obviously glory pro wrestling is the, uh, you know, I say pre- one of the premier, at least in the area, uh, wrestling companies that I really enjoy uh, going down South Broadway uh, many a times. So we're gonna talk about this, some upcoming events, uh, a little bit about uh, Dan's career so far and uh, what to expect upcoming from glory pro. So first off, uh, when did you start? When was the, when you decided like, I wanted to be a wrestler. When was that like, kind of like, you're like, this is something I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wrestling school. I'm going to go, I want to put effort into, I mean, I mean, I'm going for it. When was that kind of, when did you think of that? Is it been kind of a thing, a goal your whole whole life? Or is it something maybe uh, you've did, like some people I know have discovered it later on in their teen years and just loved it and went into it and just never stopped. 
Yeah, like I, like I kind of said earlier, like uh, with sports being so big in my family, like wrestling was also huge. Like my uh, my older brother was a big fan, so I got a lot of hand-me-down uh, stuff through him, whether it be mm-hmm. toys, T-shirts and everything, videotapes. And uh, my dad was actually, you know, he grew up uh, on wrestling at the Chase, and my he would mm-hmm. watch it with my great-grandpa, who was also uh, kind of earlier in, in his life before he got a little bit too old. We make them trip all the way at the, to St. Louis all the time. He was a, a regular down at the chase uh, at, at those Somewhere. tapings. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, my uh, family goes uh, pretty deep into like the St. Louis wrestling tradition. And so there, there really wasn't a time, I don't know about a single time in my life where I didn't, you know, where I wasn't a wrestling fan because it just was, was always in the house. It was always on. It was always, you know, I, I, like I said, my brother, I've got cousins who are all into it. So, you know, I just grew up like, uh, you know, any other household had hockey, baseball, football, and then we had wrestling too. It just was kind of a, a perfectly normal thing. So, you know, and then kind of growing up, it would always surprise me when, when somebody didn't, you know, didn't watch wrestling or didn't know much about it just because it was mm-hmm. so, it, it was just so normal where, where, you know, within my family. So, um, yeah, I grew up, I never, I just was a fan from, when I was real, real uh, young, and then it just never left. Like I, I, I went up through high school and into college, and you know it wasn't something that I was dead set on doing, just because I was never really uh, an amazing athlete or anything, and so it didn't really seem, it just didn't really seem realistic for me. But then uh, I, I, I went and uh, just saw that a wrestling school was opening up in the area. I said, you know, if now's the time to, to try it out you know, I was, I was 21 years old. And so I said, if, if I'm going to just at least go check it out, you know, I'll go try, see what it might take. And if I never, if I never have a match, if I never even really uh, pursue it like that, I think it, it would have been enough just to step foot in a ring just because it was so, you know, wrestling just being so important to my family and, and, and to my, my upbringing. But, um, you know, here I am about like eight years later, still, still doing it, still hitting the road. You know, I, I've kind of, uh, you know, went to that first day of training and never went back. So I've been, I've been active ever since then. That was back in, uh, in early 2014. So it's been a while. Awesome. Um, I guess the other question that me and Chris always talk about, Chris was a WCW guy growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I gravitate. I was I like a lot of young kids in the eighties. I was definitely a WWE Hulk Hogan guy watching these, you know, Saturday morning tapings or to Sunday on KPLR and then the shotgun Saturdays or whatever they had going on later on because uh, I didn't have cable. So I never got to see raw or any of those, anything mm-hmm. really. So I was really relying on that before obviously the internet was even remotely a thing. Uh, so is there any, any, uh, I guess a wrestler or wrestling company that you like was must see TV, like must see TV, like that's the one you went to the most, or were you just kind of like consuming whatever is out there or even nwa at the time was still uh still you know going strong yeah it was a bit it was all wcw in in my household i think we we grew up uh you know as fans of both wcw and and wwf and but then kind of just gravitated more toward, towards wcw just because of maybe the i don't even know i don't i don't i don't know it was something about it just was more realistic or it was more mm-hmm. You know, we were always fans of of Sting and and Hogan and Macho Man and Flair. And then when they all sort of like got together in the the mid '90s and WCW, that just became like the dream team for uh, you know who everyone who we were fans of was was there. So um, yeah, WCW was was probably the more formative, uh, especially into you know the 
late nineties and the, you know, nitro was appointment viewing for in, in the household, uh, every single week and, uh, occasional pay-per-views. My, my dad would never, uh, uh, splurge on a pay-per-view for us very often, but every once in a while he wouldn't, it was always so much fun. Awesome. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, definitely. When I got back into the WWE and then it was definitely, uh, WCW on occasion. And then I was always, uh, getting together for the big, we, you know, in high school, we always just pool the money for our one friend. His parents would order, you know, WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Cause it always felt like WrestleMania was like, for me, it was like the end of school. I was like, okay, like end of school is coming in. You get to watch WrestleMania and you know, school's ending around the corner. But then the sad thing or thing was always like when SummerSlam happened, it was always school starts the next day or the week after. So you're always like, oh crap. Well, this uh, is like the I end, never, of, end never, of summer. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, every time I just weirdly, well, the way it happened, it was like SummerSlam was on that Sunday. And then the next day was school or that Tuesday was school for mm-hmm. when I went to school. I went to, um, in North County went to Aquinas Mercy at the time. So, uh, yeah, so it was always kind of one of those things where I kind of, that's how I like place things. And I'm like, oh, it's close to holidays. Survivor Series is coming. So it's one of those things where I kind of, that's how I recognize things. Um, so uh, in your career, obviously spanning about eight years now, uh, do you have any special match that kind of sticks out so far? Or do you think you still haven't had your favorite match yet? Cause I know I've heard talk to some people where they, you know, know they're still growing as performer and they still think like, I still have my best match in me, or do you still think you think you got one, you know, on, you think you still can have a great, like not a great match, but like, I'm trying to say a one that sticks out, like, man, you come back and you're like, that was awesome. Or do you have, or you have one that kind of you stick out and you're pretty proud of right now. Yeah, I guess I'd, I'd like to think I've got some better ones uh, left in the tank, but I guess you never know. But <laughs> if I were to, I guess I could go back in my career because I've I've had some different, uh, I've had different characters. I've had different stages of my career. You know, when I first started out, I was just I was Danny Adams, and I was uh, mm-hmm. just um, just a wrestler guy. You know, was, uh, a cocky young heel, and kind of had some good matches with that, and. Uh, I just remember uh, wrestling some of the, you know, the guys in the area that I respected, like Davey Vega, uh, Matt Fitchett, and, mm-hmm. and, and guys like that, who, uh, I, they were the ones who, who uh, helped me, you know, learn the ropes, as it were. Uh, and so some of the matches I had with them uh, were, were very formative, whether it be singles or, or tag team matches. Um, so I'd say, like, early on in my career, uh, it was definitely any match I'd have with them was uh, was good, it was good good to great, and and I learned a ton from. And then as I kind of went on and kind of came into my own, and then the Dan the Dad character developed, and as I uh, you know embraced that more, then I started having matches where you know the the wrestling was good, but then I started to focus more on you know what what are some funny moments that I can create with my opponents. And then I, I had a match with. Uh, uh, with GCW star Effie, uh, yes. freelance wrestling over in Chicago. And that was very early on and when Dan, the dad came to be, and it was, it was, so it was Dan, the dad versus Effie, whose character is that he's like a, you know, a daddy. And so it was the mm-hmm. whole dynamic that was so much fun. I remember the crowd just erupting at every single thing that we did. And that was kind of the, the match that, uh, you know, instilled a ton of confidence in the, in the Dan, the dad character that it's people, relate to it they get it they have fun with it and then that makes that makes me have so much fun when i'm just in front of a crowd that's that's having a good time so it's just kind of a couple couple different stages in, in the career where you know maybe early on it was 
you know, how, you know, how hard can I hit this, this guy or what kind of cool moves can I do? And that just sort of transitioned more into, you know, how can I, how can I make this crowd have uh, the most entertaining night possible? And mm-hmm. it's just been more fun and uh, a ton of fun focusing on that and getting those, those reactions and just having fun with the, having fun with the crowd. And then, you know, later on in the card, you might have a Davey Richards come out and he has this, uh, he starts kicking people real hard and everyone is into that. And mm-hmm. I love the wrestling being a, a variety show like that. So it's like being able to, to fill, fill that spot of uh, whether it be just, and, but then also Dan, the dad's had some, some serious matches too. Like I had a match with uh, Eric Cannon over this last summer where we had a street fight and went around the, the South Broadway athletic mm-hmm. club and I slammed him on some thumbtacks and everything. So occasionally Dan, the dad does, does pick up steam uh, when we do matches like that. So it's, uh, but it's fun to do both. Yeah. And I think uh, you got to hit the nail on it perfectly with how uh, a card is laid out too. There is moments where you have, I say the hard hitting match, but then you have the match that that can engage the crowd, but then you can literally go to a match next time where there's a lot of comedy moments, but it works and it, and people are just as loud for the comedy match than they are for like the hard hitting you know, Matt wrestling match that just happened. And I think that's why I really love going to the South Broadway shows. Cause you get that variety across the board, um, no matter who's on the card and it just really works great. So that's why I really love uh, going down to South Broadway for glory pro. Um, so before we get into uh, anything else, let's see, I don't know, a couple more things. Um, yeah, before we let you go, let's talk about a little bit about glory pro and you guys got a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, it is, stacked for the next month for you guys at glory pro so coming up uh this sunday march 20th it's uh good times and bad times down at the south broadway athletic club uh start doors are at two bell is at three o'clock uh, tickets still available so go ahead and get those uh got a pretty good card to hear that's the one of the top matches you are in so uh be davy vega matt fitchett and eric cannon versus AEW's own colt cabana along with warhorse and, and yourself so that would be a, a really good, uh, you know, trios match this Sunday. And you got a lot of other guys on the card here. Um, I can just talk about Effie is on the card against Cody Lane. Mm-hmm. I really think that would be, that's going to be one of those matches. That I think it'd be just entertaining. Another guy who I really enjoy watching. And I think he's really coming to his own, especially, you know, he was an, on impact for a little bit and I know he just left, but I think Jake something is really fun to watch live. So he's taking yeah, on Ethan, Jake. Ethan price. Uh, yeah, this something is probably on my favorite. I think he's my favorite wrestler right now, and I did so it's a uh, almost unthinkable that he he won't land somewhere um, in the big leagues sooner rather than later. So he's he's the best. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna uh, cherish the time that we we've got left with him because, and I don't know that for sure. I just know that I mean that's, that's uh, yeah, he's most. a super talented guy. I mean, like yeah. it's when I when I kind of saw that he was leaving uh, Impact, I guess just you know just decided to part ways. It seemed like amicably. But uh, he's a guy who you could, just, you could see, you know, kind of slowly, you know, was in a stable and got some character moments. But then, you know, as his wrestling developed, he became really, really good and was a really good uh, X Division guy. So uh, mm-hmm. that's really, really great. And David Richards on the card, who is, you know, in my mind, a legend. I was like watched David Richards and Ring of Honor uh, with the American Wolves and Eddie Edwards. So, so watching uh, him is always fun. So uh, a bunch of other guys are on the uh card this sunday so you got this sunday good times bad times we talked about that and the big one 
obviously we'll talk about the pageant show. We'll get into that one. But I think another fun one that's coming up is uh, you guys are going to be down in Dallas for the, uh, the collective. So uh, let's let people know about what you guys got planned for down in Dallas on, in March. It's at the end of March, beginning of April, or it's a, I think it's a close to WrestleMania weekend. It's always kind of, you know, a lot of companies go down there and run shows, which is, it's a wrestling fan's dream. I always want to go down to wherever WrestleMania is because you get, you can just literally walk around and go to so many different shows and see so many different wrestlers that you just don't get to see normally. Uh, so what do you guys got planned for uh, down in Dallas? Yeah, that's so it, it's cool. We're actually the the kickoff to GCW's collective. Uh, their, that's their series of WrestleMania week events that they run every year. And that uh, gets a lot of uh, uh, gets a lot of eyes and it's pretty, pretty high profile event. So we're actually kicking that off on uh, 11 a.m. on March 31st. So that Thursday. So we're the first uh, really the first show happening uh, for the entire week, uh, which is pretty cool just to be able to kind of set the bar, set the tone. Uh, for anything that comes after and then you, you know right after us is, is blood sport and after that is uh the the annual uh, joey janela spring break uh, which is always very popular so yes. that thursday in particular is going to be uh, uh huge for all the fans that are going down to dallas to to be a part of everything and you know wrestlemania that that weekend has kind of changed a little bit you know so now that that wrestlemania itself is a two-day thing with mm-hmm. being saturday and sunday so a lot of these events are getting packed more into the Thursday, Friday uh, mm-hmm. before it. So um, I would encourage if there is anyone else going down to get down there early uh, on that Thursday, because there's a ton, all the good stuff is happening on that Thursday, it seems. So we've got, uh, you know, obviously all of our regulars, your Mike Outlaw and, and Jake something and Warhorse, but going, matching them up with uh, the likes of Josh, Warhorse and Josh Alexander is a match that I'm really excited about. That's, that's mm-hmm. going to be happening uh, we've got Rocky Romero teaming back up with Davey Richards to reform the uh, the No Remorse Corps, which I think is pretty cool just because that was one of my favorite tag teams when I started to get more into uh, independent wrestling and Ring of Honor uh, back in the, you know, 2010, uh, some of the years around there. So um, they're going up against Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. So really like a dream tag team match there. Um, Mike Outlaw is going to be going up against Brian Keith, who's without a doubt the top uh wrestler out of texas right now he's been traveling a lot he's all over the place but uh it's been pretty cool to kind of put our our best guy our champion up against uh, the best guy from texas and then you know plenty of plenty plenty more to announce then we'll kind of see what the fallout is from this sunday's event to see how that plays into what happens in dallas and uh you know it's going to be cool I, I like i like being able to, to give uh the st louis wrestlers and the st louis wrestling scene just a, a platform to for anyone to, to check it out who, you know, obviously people from the area know about Glory Pro and know that uh, where to find us and uh, and enjoy the shows, but to be able to expand that to just a show that St. Louis wrestling is, is just as good, if not better than, than any other region in the country is, is a lot of fun. Yeah, St. Louis has always been known as a hotbed for wrestling and I think Glory Pro is one of those that, I mean, there's a lot of the one that put, put on good shows, but that's the one I consistently like to go to. So, um, the big one we're going to talk about that is selling extremely well. And I was fortunate enough to get online and get tickets. Uh, so myself and Chris will be there, uh, top balcony front row to see a lot of great wrestling on April 24th, uh, at the one and only the pageant, which is our venue that has never held a wrestling event before It'll be the first time ever. And it's going to be very awesome. So um, the lineup already is insane. 
uh, Monero Suzuki, a legend, legend. Uh, Dan Housen, Brody King. Uh, you got Davey Richards going out there. Jake something, Matt Fitchett, yourself. Uh, you know, Tootie Lynn is going to be on there as well as uh, Allie Ketch. You just have so many great wrestlers on here. This is a, this is a, to me, if you want to go watch independent wrestling in St. Louis, go to the show. This is the first one. If you want to get hooked, this is the show to go get hooked on because this is going to be a stacked card. So how was it to finally get into something like the pageant? That seems like that's been a long time coming or uh, how that come along? No, I wouldn't even say it's been a long time coming because it actually uh, it's interesting because we were slated to actually do an event out at the St. Louis Music Park first. So that's who reached out to us initially uh, in the right. 17 ice race. So we're the blues practice out there. So we we went out there, did a little tour, kind of talked with the, the manager out there and who had, who is the one who contacted us to bring us out. And, and we kind of had a, a deal in place to run at the, the Centene uh, Ice Arena indoors there and possibly do something outdoors at the music park. Or uh, So that that was in play. But then just something happened, you know, along the along the way, they either weren't interested anymore. I think actually that manager might have uh, maybe he does. He uh wasn't in charge there or whatever happened it fell through and uh just it was kind of a moment where we were like really looking forward to that we hadn't really announced it yet but we were waiting to just be able to we were waiting to confirm everything and get it going and then when that fell through it just meant man i was so we are the whole team was just so ready to to do a big venue like that because wrestling just hasn't other than you know the nwa ran at the chase uh last year which is pretty cool to see that but other than that you know the as far as independent wrestling goes, you know, no one had really done a big venue or a venue kind of outside their comfort zone in a, in a long time, uh, if, if really ever, you know, at least in the past few decades. So I was just so, we were, we were so excited just to be able to try to run something that was going to be a challenge, something that was going to be big. But then when it fell through this, we just started thinking like, what can we really do to, that we could even top what this was going to be like, okay, it fell through. We're not going to get uh, to down in the dumps about it let's let's kind of shoot for something even bigger and that's when the you know the idea of the pageant kind of came up and you know we went and you kind of like i've been to so many concerts there so i've mm-hmm. always checked it out you know it's 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 an interesting venue to run wrestling in um because it's not it's not set up traditionally like you know like a the, the, the athletic club is where yeah. uh, it, it'll be some challenges to make sure you know we can set it up well but you know all it took was was reaching out to them to say you know was this something you'd be interested in if we were to put together a card that could that we could sell tickets with or you know and sell it out with which i was confident that we could do especially you know, in, over the past year just the way we picked up steam and so mm-hmm. we went in and, and checked it out and took some measurements and just were like you know we can put a ring right here this is no problem we can put it right there on the floor and on the pit there and there's plenty of, of, of great seats and great, uh, you know, there was no, because the way the pageant's set up, there, there shouldn't be a bad seat in the house, especially mm-hmm. if you're up on that balcony. Um, yeah. It all looks really great. And so, yeah, once we just realized, man, there's no logistical issues here. Like we can, we can get a ring in here. We can do the stage up real, like we're going to, you know, do our best to, to get some cool production in on the stage and everything. And, you know, once it came together and then the pageant offered us a really good deal on it, you know, to where it wasn't, uh, it wasn't some massive risk on our end or anything. Like they really wanted to, to work with us to try it out, to see if it would work. And, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't speak highly enough of, of the pageant and their staff and how 
mm-hmm. you know, they were excited. You know, it's hard to get in there because it's, it's jam packed for the year. But once, once a date came up and it said, we can do it on this date, I said, let's do it. You know, no, no questions asked, let's book it. Um, and then the way the talent started coming together with, you know, now Suzuki's back in the States taking bookings and was able to, to confirm him. You know, we've got our, our usual friends over in the, uh, who are, you know, big TV stars like Danhausen now who are always willing to come back and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, hang out with the fans here and, and just everything just felt came together really, really well. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and just to be able to bring wrestling to the pageant with it being, you know, it's cool. It's cool to run the chase or something because it's a, a historical wrestling yeah. building, right? There's plenty of mm-hmm. other, venues around the city or even around the country we're like man it'd be really cool to run a show there because of its history but this is in this case we're kind of we're making history we're we're going to be the first ones in there and it's not going to be uh the the goal is not for this to be a one-time thing you know we did the pageant once and that was great you know it's it's meant to build on top of that to make the pageant a army wrestling venue that we can go back to uh again and again hopefully so um with all that in mind you know it's just i'm really looking forward to to everything and it's just uh the way it's all coming together like i said with talent with the way the pageants treated us and and i'm just willing to work with us on everything has been great and i'm just yeah i just can't say enough how excited i am to, to make that happen awesome yeah are we uh getting close i know you got the big event this sunday obviously before you get into that and then you also have the gcw collective show are we going to start seeing say, a couple of matchups announced for the big pageant show or yeah, you know what? I'll give you one right here. So, uh, Minoru Suzuki is going to be taking on Jake something at the pageant. So that's damn. That's going to be huge, right? That's going to be a huge what, one. We were we were just talking about how great Jake something is, and especially with his size versus Suzuki's uh, size, and just how intimidating he is. That's uh, that was a matchup I was really really excited to, to put together. So uh, I don't know when we'll officially announce it, but if you're you're a listener on the the Blues podcast here. Uh, you got it. You heard it here first. So exclusive. That's awesome. So that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited for that show. So yeah, I was uh, one. I was got on first as you could get the tickets uh, last week, and on that Friday, and I uh, got the tickets. I know your ringside tickets sold out in about a minute, minute and a half, which is yeah, great. I, I could I could even believe that when I mean I we were expecting it to do well. I think we we have confidence in our fan base and everything, but I was I was overwhelmed with the with the response just on that first day, and 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 then when I communicated with the pageants and everything and they're 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 extremely happy with it too you know so that's why i say you know making it a uh a wrestling building is what we're is what, what the goal is and when the venue's on board with it and we've got good wrestling in there like it's going to be really special not not just this one time but you know for hope you know years to come yeah it's gonna be great so yeah so i know the right now uh for that event yeah yeah this sunday good times bad times that's first off and with colt cabana this sunday uh, tickets still available down on South Broadway. Uh, then you have the GCW Collective. Check out uh, your website, uh, Glory Pro Wrestling, uh, for how to get tickets for that. And that's coming up at the end of the month, March 31st. Like you said, it's kicking off the big collective uh, show. So I know that Joey Janela is the very one that gets a lot of the press. Uh, but you guys kick off that whole day. So you guys get to start the day off, which is great. So that's going to be something That's going to be something fun. And obviously, we're talking about the pageant show. April 24th, uh, right now the ringside and balcony is sold out. So your GA tickets are still available. So go ahead and get your GA tickets uh, for the show. Um, it's going to get sold out, people. I'll tell you that right now, uh, just especially with this match announcement, and there's many more to come. Uh, definitely go get your tickets for that show. So uh, 
before we get out of here, we'll do uh, my little spiel. So if you get a hold of uh, us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, our website is blueshockeypodcast.com or .net. Uh, find us on Facebook or Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, and uh, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music. Um, and, yeah, I believe that's everything. There's probably a lot more to that. But anywhere you can download a podcast, that's where you can find us. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Dan, go ahead and promote uh, everything we can about Glory Pro and where we can find you on the uh, social medias. Yeah, you can find me, Dan the Dad, on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at thanks Dan the Dad, and then you can find Glory Pro on Twitter and Facebook at We Are Glory Pro, and on Instagram at Glory Pro Wrestling. So, yeah, keep an eye on those. You'll you can find all our ticket links for everything we just talked about, as well as you know ways that if you wanted to check out some of our our previous events, you can find us on the High Spots Wrestling Network. So mm-hmm. there's a subscription there but the uh, on the high spots wrestling network is also where you'll find uh, pwg aaw warrior wrestling wrestling revolver so we're we're on we're on a service that has a lot of other great wrestling content as well as some classic uh independent content as well so uh, mm-hmm. if you're interested in checking out some previous shows you can find them all in there get all caught up on the footage and so when you join us this sunday or at the pageant you'll be all caught up uh, familiar with everybody uh and uh, so we, we, we tell a lot of good stories from show to show. So once you get caught up on that, you'll have even more fun when you come check it out. Yep, exactly. So Dan, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, and then uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Hopefully I'll see you at the uh, pageant for sure. All right. Thank you very much. Down, gonna take you down.